How y'all doing this morning? Getting ready to rock and roll. All right, good morning, good morning. Mark Oliver, how you doing, brother? Please call me, man. I'd love to talk to you, man. Thank you so much for watching, man. Means a lot to me, man. We need you. In the game, young brother, we need you in the game. Gonna talk about that today, man. Talk about a little unity, man, and some of the things we need to be doing. Good morning, Evan. How are you? I appreciate you watching. All right. Good morning, good morning. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Waiting on the go sign. All right, man. Good morning. Good morning. Reno more. What's happening, baby? Let's get to it. All systems go, baby. All right. Gonna try to stay decent and in order this morning, man, as we chit-chat about some of the things we got going on this morning. Make sure my Reynolds is off. Okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. Erica, good morning. How are you? Thank you so much for watching. All right, man. We're going to get into it this morning, man. We're going to talk about some of the things going on on a national scale. Talk a little bit about some of the history. And uh, talk about a little bit of my opinion on what we need to do better. So, got a little something to say this morning. I'm excited about it. Uh, and we'll get into it here without further delay, hopefully in just a second. Yes, yes. All right. Man, a lot going on. We still have um, we have a, a local elections that are going to be heating up here. So we still have things going on, you know, that despite uh, Corona, we have to kind of be aware of. So. I just want to touch on some of that stuff right now, man. Peace and light, my brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, man. I'm just waiting here to get the uh, gold signal. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all. All right. 
Paying some bills. 99 jams, baby. Yeah. Thankful, man. Thankful to have uh, this platform. Good morning, Miss Shivers. Thank you for watching. Man. Blessed to be here this morning, man. So thankful, man. Got to learn to live these days one day at a time, man, and make the most of the day, man. Boy, these things ain't promised, man. Folks going out, man, going to work, going to sleep, getting gunned down in their sleep. Okay, here we go, man. Good morning, good morning, St. Pete. This is your boy, Matt B., coming to you live every Thursday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on 99 Jams, the Berg Radio. That's 99.1 on your FM dial, folks. How are y'all doing out there this morning, man? Good morning. We are blessed to be here this morning, man. Good morning out there on uh, Facebook. Everyone that's watching, I thank y'all so much, man. We have, uh, we are blessed to be here. We are blessed to be able to communicate with one another in an alternative way because uh, whether you are um, like a, a loner by nature or not, it does feel good to talk to people, man. So I'm excited to talk with you guys. We got some important issues that we need to discuss. Um, I see um, Caprice Edmund is uh, locked in, a candidate for school board district seven. I'm glad you're here. This conversation, uh, uh, some of this conversation definitely uh, pertains to what you're um, working and advocating for. So I would like to uh, hear your input on that. I look forward to talking to you about uh, some of the things you got going on. Excited that you're a candidate. So thank you for watching. Everybody out there, listen, man, I want to give a special shout out to 99 Jams, man, the Berg Radio, man. Listen, man, if you grew up in, in, in St. Pete, you knew about WRXB, man. You knew how you knew we had a local station, man, where you can call in, you can request, you know what I'm saying? You can listen to your slow jams at night, you know, you can you it felt home. Man, we got 99 jams sitting right here in our backyard, folks. I want to encourage y'all, man, to support this station, man. Listen, man, call in, man, talk to us. We want to we want to hear from y'all, you know what I'm saying? So be part be part of this show. And be part of this uh uh beautiful grassroots uh platform that we have here, man, gives people like myself a voice out here in the community, man, I love talking to you guys on Facebook, but guess what, somebody's riding their car right now that's able to listen to uh, good old Matt Bird, man, and, and, and we the people on, on, on WJ, Gypsy Gallardo, I want to say thank you so much for uh, tuning in, you are inspired, one of my in inspirations, and uh, I am so thankful for your support, very, very thankful. You saw it in me, and I love that. All right, guys, let's go, man. Um, listen, the number to the station is 727-637-2416. One more time, 727-637-2416. That's 99 Jams right here in your backyard, man, giving a platform to young folks and uh, old folks like myself, man. So let's get into it, man. Um, Today... You know, I typically start off with giving a, a shout out to folks that are out here advocating on our behalf or have advocated on our behalf. But um, this morning, I just want to go right into uh, we'll get to um, lifting up some folks, but I want to tie it into my uh, overall theme of the, what, am I, what I'm trying to get to out of this show, because at the end of the day, I want us to leave with something. I want to leave something with you that makes you think and that hopefully has an impact on the greater good. So let's get into it, man. I want to give you guys, uh, we have to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Ahmaud Arbery. We have to talk about it. There's like now there's a video circulating that tries to paint this young man 
in a bad light or it you know it, it can it has the potential to paint them in a bad light and i just want to make it very clear man i don't care who you are what you do man that you no one has the right to chase you down and gun you down in the street you can be a a, a scumbag you can be a a dope dealer and, and and not to say dope dealers are scumbags. Let me retract that. But you can be a scumbag out here, and 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 you don't deserve to get gunned down by a civilian out here. So disregard that video; it's irrelevant. But I want to give you guys, in case you haven't heard, I want to give you guys a little bit of detail about that particular uh, police department. And I want to also bring into focus that that is the bigger picture, the systemic uh, background that gives it gives the uh gives way to this type of behavior and not only that has oftentimes excused this type of behavior so i want to really share some light on that this morning all right so years before the former policeman and his son were arrested for killing uh, ahmaud arbery um in february in glenn county georgia the county police had a tangled history of corruption and scandal the Glenn County Police Department's track record of protecting its own is coming under scrutiny as Georgia Bureau of Investigation takes over the case of the shooting of uh, Mr. Albury. All right. And they called it a whose killing has drawn comparisons to modern day lynching. I mean, that's basically that's basically what it boils down to. In 2018, Glenn County Police Lieutenant Robert Sasser killed his estranged wife and her friend for taking his and then took his own life the family is now suing the police department because they say the authorities failed to intervene before the murder so my overall theme right i might as well get right to it because it's already starting to happen right corruption is not a black or white issue mark quest good morning thank you so much for for uh listening man i love you baby listen uh they told me on the radio, man, I got to be mindful that I am on the radio. So the people on the radio don't see you on Facebook. So if I don't say your name, I got to say your name. T. Howard, how you doing? Listen, I love all of y'all. Let me just say that. So if I don't say your name, I thank each and every one of y'all so much for watching me. I love y'all. All right. I just got to be respectful to the people that are out there on the radio. Listen, I don't want them to be confused. But people out there in radio land, if you get hear me give a shout out, that's somebody that's uh, on Facebook that I'm so thankful for uh, them uh participating folks so i love each and every one of y'all all right listen so we're talking about the glenn county police department which is the police department that tried to cover up the uh shooting of armand arbery and the important part i don't want us listen and i just get right to it yesterday last week i was emotional folks it was an emotional show for me because i have young children not only that i drive from time to time uh and i you know have uh, the potential to be pulled over from time to time is what I'm saying, right? So, so this is personal. This is very personal for me. So, but what we have to be careful of, and this is, I'm jumping way ahead of myself, but we have to be very careful that we don't approach this from an emotional standpoint, right? And look at really the root of the problem. Yeah, it's, that is terrible. It's, it's traumatizing to watch these videos. It's traumatized. Put you in another place. Russia Collins, you can relate to that. Put you in another place. But we have to maintain our bearing and understand where the solutions lie, folks. So that's kind of like the theme. I'm ahead of myself. But 
I just want to say, Grady Terrell, I want to thank all y'all for watching. Again, if y'all out there in Radio Land, folks, I'm just thankful, man, that people are taking the time out to listen to me, man. Mm -hmm. All right. So it is well documented that, uh, okay, they covered up a, a murder of one of its own, right? So point number one, folks, corruption is colorblind. Corruption is not a black thing. It's a, not a white thing. It, and we'll get more into it, but corruption is colorblind, all right? All right. In 2018, the police department also lost its certification with the state because it did not meet basic policing, policing standards. In 2018, they lost their certification. Wow. A report by an international association of police chiefs noted that only 12% of the police force was African-Americans, even though African-Americans make up 26% of the uh, county's population. 12%. 12% uh, of the police force is African-Americans. That's a solution right there. There's a solution. Uh, you know, I am i didn't grow up being a big fan of law enforcement, right? I didn't i didn't grow up like that. Um, St. Pete don't really groom you like that. You know, St. Pete really groom you that, you know, we learned in 1996, the police are gunning you down right here on 18th Avenue and 16th Street. But we are in an age now where emotions will tell you, I'm not going to the police department. Common sense, though, will tell you, we need to start recruiting young brothers to get up in that police department and start pulling up some, er, er, let me see your ID. But point is, solution. Emotion, solutions. I didn't know that was going to be part of my uh, thing, but that fits really nicely. Emotions versus solutions. I think a solution is, listen, folks, we need to encourage some young brothers to get up in that police department. And shout out to the young sisters that's out here. Man. I see y'all and thank y'all and thank y'all for y'all service because I know it's not easy. So solutions uh, versus emotions. But back to uh, the, this corrupt police department. The point that I'm making with Armand Arbery that, now, thank God his life is not in vain because it has now opened the doors on, on and exposed this corruption, folks. So thank God for his, his, his life not being in vain. Thank you, Ahmaud Arbery. You left here for the greater good, and we, ha we owe it to that brother and that brother's family to continue that fight. But we cannot get lost in the emotions of it because there's solutions out there that we have to start driving the bus towards. The emotions will take you off track. I'm not saying the most emotions aren't warranted. They're necessary. But we cannot let the, the our damage drive our behavior. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't I'm not the like, you know, clinical expert on this, but from what I see, I'm on the front lines. I've been on the front lines for since 1996. It's on the front, front, front lines. I had a front row seat to this whole thing. So, you know, all right. Back to uh, the. There's no dispute, dispute that former Glen uh, County police officer and his son were involved in Albury's death. Uh, Gregory Michael worked as an officer in the 1980s and an investigator in the district attorney's office until 2019 when he retired. In a statement, McMichael uh, said he and his son, Travis, my, blah, 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 back down that road, you know, making the excuses. The video showed it. County commissioners are defending the, the police department. They blame the local district attorney's office for the decision not to arrest the father and son. So, again, corruption, corruption, corruption. 
There's others. There's other stories, man. C corruption. I want to go a uh, whole nother article on it, but I want to move right along. Let me check my time. Okay, we're doing good. We're a quarter of the way through it. All right, Louisville police uh, to change policies after Breonna Taylor killed by a cop in her home. Again, they're changing uh, policies. And we have, we owe it to these people that gave their lives involuntarily, but they did. They're gone. Families can't see them no more. We owe it to these people to make sure that policies are changing and we stay focused on the solution. We cannot let our emotions drive our behavior, our hurt drive our behavior. We're going to make too many mistakes. And then we're going to continue to be fueled by emotion. They're playing with us, folks. They have 4,000, 5,000 data points on each of us, and they use them against us, not for us. So don't be deceived. This message is for America. I, I like to start in my own backyard, which is black America. You know, no matter what, if I'm light-skinned or not, this is where America is going to put me. But, hey, this is not where they're going to keep me, and this is not where they should keep us. We are entitled to everything and some. So... I don't know how I got off there, but again, we owe it to these young men and these young women to keep our eye focused on the solution. And then we have platforms. We have platforms where you can prove, boom, and you can start connecting with people. We have a local radio station. Shout out to 99 Jams Berg Radio, man, 99.1 FM, 637-2416. Y'all call us, man. Let us know what you're thinking. But again, we owe it to these people to advocate. We owe it to these people to use our voice. Silence is not an option, folks. Silence is not. Uh, I didn't even know the young brother's name in Indianapolis, man. But uh, again, we owe it to this brother to really understand what's going on. Dre Jean Reed. Dre Jean Reed said he was kind. He was joyful. You know, he was he was in the Navy, folks. Young brother, 21, man. Probably goofing off, man. We need change. We need change. And one of the things we can do is encourage our young people to get involved in law enforcement. Not to be a jerk around here wailing a gun, but to make sure that justice is served and, and, and people are protected and served properly, especially in our own community. It does a lot when you have an Officer Hawkins. Man, shout out to Officer Hawkins. Anybody out here listening, man, I didn't even go to Gibbs High School. I know who Officer Hawkins is. It feel good because when you look in his eyes, that brother care about you. You feel that, you know. It says something. I remember one time I saw, I went to John Hopkins, and my daughter went to Pasadena Elementary School, which is one of the more prissy element. Why did I just say that? It's, it's a good school. Um, um, Pasadena Fundamental. When we got into school, they said we hit the educational lottery. We were like one of like a few out of 600 that got chosen. But my point is she, she went to that school and I, I was used to those rules and I was used to that environment. And I remember I went to uh, John Hopkins and I, um, I was waiting to pick my daughter up for Summer Bridge. And she walked out of the class. I mean, the the gates opened and the girl walked. Two girls walked out and they were just cussing, extreme. Like you remember that big words, you know. And and it was a resource officer. He was white and he was standing there. And um, I, my first thought, I looked at him like, you don't hear this, bro. 
and and he did he kind of shrugged me like mm-hmm, you know uh he just gave me like a look like i'm and then he told me i'm numb to it and my 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 initial reaction was to get to him like what do you, what do you mean by what you numb to this you can't be numb then immediately i understood hey this is my job this is my responsibility these are our children not his children he's making sure his children are not in a vi- an environment like that that's what he's doing okay so segue uh, very important news that I'm not going to get into depth on right now. Uh, I am going to sit down with individuals like Ms. Caprice Edmonds and others and find out their opinion on Ms. Nikita Reed, a top administrator who oversaw improved performance at many of Pinellas County's most struggling schools, has resigned and will leave at the end of next month. Oh, man. Ms. Reed, the head of the Transformation Zone in Pinellas County Schools. For those of you that are not familiar with the history of that, there was an article that went national about five schools in, in, in this district here in South St. Petersburg that were named failure factories. They brought in somebody from out of state and uh, and they, uh, they brought someone in from out of state and hired them to turn the schools around. Mr. Burke, a young brother, Dr. Burke. Um, I didn't. I don't have like a, a strong opinion of him. I only saw him in passing. But from what I saw, the brother was intense, and he was serious about his mission. You know. So, uh, Miss Reed was his replacement. I don't know why she left, but I know she was very, very effective while, while she was here. And I know why she was effective is because she understood this population, right? She understood this demographic. She knew what these kids were up against, you know? So, so that's why she was effective. She understood what it took to reach these people. So I really thought that was a great hire. Now, it's the article says that um, who reported... Uh, in an interview, Dr. Greco, who is uh, our superintendent, said that Reed, who reports directly to him, chose to leave on a personal note. He says she wishes to return to Memphis, Tennessee, where he recruited her from to be close to family and suggested it was always her plan to do so. Not a problem. I'm uh, OK with that 100 percent. My thing is, and this is what's very serious, and this is what I want to raise awareness to. Uh, listen. Those closest to the problem are closest to the solution and oftentimes farthest away from the resources. I'm going to say it again, okay? Miss Miss uh, Nikita Reed was effective because she understood that population. She understood what type of teacher it took to be effective in the classroom. She knew how to get the best out of those teachers. She knew how to push those teachers. She understood those parents. She understood that entire makeup. What I want to raise awareness, I'm going to say my quote one more time. I live by this. Uh, Glenn, De- Glenn something is the person I, I um, give this quote to. All right. Those closest to the problem are closest to the solution, but most of the time farthest away from the resources. All right. So my point is this. This is what I want to raise awareness to. I don't care why Miss Reed left. Good morning, good morning. Thank you for watching, Miss Michelle Rayner. I thank y'all. Hey, I have to give a shout out out there in Radio Land to Michelle Rayner. That is the first candidate I endorse because she understands how to navigate 
this current crisis we have in our criminal justice system. She understands how to navigate that. She knows how to address that. That's important. Again, those closest to the problem are closer to the solution, but oftentimes farthest away from the uh, resources. Miss Reed was effective because she understood that demographic. What I want to raise awareness to folks, and this is very important out there in Radio Land, if you got children in Pinellas County Schools, specifically in South St. Pete, you need to watch who they put in her place. Who are they going to put in her place, folks, over our children? Remember this, those closest to the problem are closest to the solution, but often too far away from anything to make a difference. Who are they going to put in Miss Reed's place over these transformation zone schools? All right. Is it going to be somebody that's going to help perpetuate the school to prison pipeline? Because she made gains and, 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 and prisons don't fill their beds uh, with intelligent people, educated people, folks. So we need to keep an eye on who Miss Reed's replacement is. And if she is not qualified and she if she is not <sighs> closest to the problem, hmm. We need somebody else. We need to make sure that this person is the right fit. And it should be somebody from this community. We have some highly quiet. It's no way you should have to go to Memphis, Tennessee, to find somebody that can turn these schools around. I could name a bunch of people right now. I'm not going to get in the same names. <coughs> Excuse me. Got to drink some of throat. I thank y'all so much for watching, man. And thank you out there for listening. If you're out there on, uh, on the radio, man, listen, 727-637-637-2416. Call us, man. Let us know what you're thinking, man. But we need to be careful on who they put uh, in Miss Reed's place, folks. Let's keep an eye on that, all right? Okay, now, I will I will definitely uh, be in touch with you guys about that. I look forward to talking to Miss Caprice Edmonds about what she thinks and uh, what are the solutions that we have um, uh, going forward, folks. Again, we're talking a little bit about emotions and solutions, man. These these uh, 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 killings of un unarmed black folks, man, and, and unarmed period, people, period, uh, police corruption, corruption, it's, 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 we got to be careful that we don't get tricked into playing the emotional game, folks. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster, and uh, they use it against us. They use it against black, white, red. They use it against us, folks. So, all right. Now, I want to get into the uh, why I don't want us to get distracted by emotion. I'm going back to history now. All right. As the United States grew into the world's leading industrial power during the late 19th century, meaning the 1890s, as the uh, top, as a top, the economic ladder. In America's Gilded Age, accumulated spectacular fortunes. So the top uh, echelons of Americans accumulated spectacular fortunes back in 1890. It's nothing new. All right, by 1890, the country's 4,000 millionaires held 20% of the country's wealth, and with that enormous affluence came col uh, political, colossal political corruption. Nothing new. This happened back in 1890, folks. Huge political corruption. All right. And the, uh, the Gilded Ages, this was uh, 1865 to 1896. 
That was among the most corrupt eras in American history, primarily because of the rise of corporations and the growth of modern means of communication that intensified the way corruption can work. All right, this is uh, the words of a um, of the past president, a former president. This was back in 1886, folks. We're back right now in 2020, still the same because we're being deceived and played on our emotions. Our emotions is what we take to the polls, not understanding that this thing been corrupt because we're not paying attention for hundreds of years. They're pulling the wool out and they're getting ready to do the same thing. And I had to catch myself because I caught myself getting emotional and not staying focused on what the issue really is. So, all right. He said, this is Rutherford B. Hayes, past president, in his diary. This is a government of the people, by the people, and, the f and for the people no longer. It is a government by the corporations, of the corporations, and for the corporations. Politicians took spectacularly handsome bribes from corporations and demanded kickbacks as the helping hand they extended often came with an open palm. So, just to set the tone, right? Uh, corruption and, and uh, political deception has been around since the very, very beginning. This is nothing new, and it is colorblind, folks. It is not just exclusive to the black American uh, community. And if you're standing by, I'll get to that. Where's my quote? Okay, misplaced my quote. All right, I'll get to that. But if you're standing by and you're not making raising awareness to injustices, Period. Then uh, it's gonna it's gonna be at your front door eventually, folks. That's just how it works, and it's it's really already at your front door. But you're so uh, uh, we're so deceived and so emotionally driven, we don't even recognize all these. I'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself again. All right. So I think um, I think we'll take a quick break, folks. And then we'll wrap up. We'll drive this thing on home, man. I got. I just want to keep talking to you guys about the era of the depression. I want to show you how corruption is colorblind, how it affects all races, all people. It's colorblind, and we are in that season right now where you cannot be distracted by race or racism. You can't be distracted by racism. But if you're black, you can't be distracted by racism. If you're white, it's different, and I will try to explain that. My opinion, Matt Bird. We'll see y'all in just a minute. We're going to go to break. All right. Hey, Facebook, listen. Uh, as I'm, you know, I was, like I said, I was really, I was really emotional uh, last week. Tom Lally, thank you so much for watching, man. Miss Rosalind, thank you. Michelle Random, I appreciate you chiming in always, man. Caprice Edmonds, I look forward to talking to you. I really want to hear your opinion on Miss Reed and who her replacement will be. Miss Russia Collins, I'd, love, I'd like to hear that from you as well. And we need to really keep an eye on that. And this is an opportunity for us to make some noise. Because if it's not the right person, we, we should not take that uh, lightly at all. You know, we should not take that lightly at all. So... When we get back, I'm going to talk to you guys about, like, what life was like during the uh, Great Depression, man, for our family. And I want to show y'all how colorblind it is, you know. It's not It's not about uh, when, when, when the stock market, when the economy crashed. This is affecting everybody. You remember that. But I also want to talk about how black folks still thrive during those times, too, so... Got a little bit more for you, man. Y'all stick with me out there, man. I appreciate it. I thank y'all. Can't thank y'all enough, man. I want to get back here uh, so we can keep it moving.
Yeah, life, uh, life in the uh, life for the average family during the Great Depression, man. Is and and they're starting to say that our economic forecast and things that are happening now are similar to uh to that time that that time. So got to start paying attention to that. Start really understanding what direction our our economy is is heading in. You know, we got to start paying attention to that. But I want to just really draw what I really want to drive home right now is the fact that we are being divided by things that are distractions when we should be focused on what's really going on and really affecting us uh, in a bad way, folks. You know, oh man, you're running some commercials, y'all. So I'm this way, but I'll start reading it a little bit, man. The Great Depression was the worst economic downturn in modern history. The preceding decade, known as the Roaring Twenties, was a time of relative affluence for many middle, middle and working class families. As the economy boomed, new innovations allowed for more leisure time and the creation of a consumer society. But the economic depression that followed those boom years did not allow for any of that leisure, folks. It wiped it, it, wiped it out. <laughs> and folks had to start. I'm not laughing at this. Start had to start surviving, you know. I had to start making it do it, and this this was not exclusive during the black uh, to, to to the black community. In fact, in in from the 1910s, and I I'll get to this again. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but the Harlem Renaissance was during those times. The Depression. I started a business in the economic recession. I didn't feel it because I was at square one already. So again, corruption. Uh, these things that are going on in these police departments, these injustices, you, you cannot afford to ignore that. These are your problems as well. These are not just black problems. These are America's problems. We are only as strong as uh, how we treat our weakest uh, a member of our society. Barbara, I thank you so much for watching. Dwight Dudley, thank you for watching, sir. Man, man, we're doing uh, just on a little quick break here with the radio station. We'll get right back to it, man. got a few more things I want to talk to you about. Mr. Dudley, I remember seeing you in court, man. I was the case manager always trying to follow you to see if you had anybody needed a job, man. <laughs> Thank you for watching, man. I appreciate it. Support the station, too, Mr. Dudley. 727-637-2416. Uh, man, put a commercial out there. Let the people know you're out here working for the community. Ella K., what's up, baby? How you doing? Thank you for watching, man. I appreciate it, man. We're getting, getting into it, man. Okay. Okay. Welcome back, folks out there. This is your boy Matt B with We the People on 99 Jams, the Bird Radio. Man, I thank each and every one of y'all for watching and listening and uh, being a part of this uh, platform. Man, y'all support 99 Jams, the Bird Radio. Man, the number is seven two seven six three seven two four one six. Give us a call, man. We uh, uh, put a commercial on the air, man. We offer ad spaces. We're very reasonable. Listen, uh, support this platform. We don't have very many grassroots platforms that give a, a fellow like myself the ability to reach people with a uh, grassroots message, okay? I just wanted to talk about life for an average family. Remember, corruption has been part of this system since the very beginning. It's been part of it, all right? Where, where, where was that? To give the eight. All right. Since 18, 1890s, 
folks was corrupt, buying politicians early, early uh, 1890s, so over 100 years ago, okay? So with that being said, that affects everybody. That's not just, oh, black people. So I want to just show you. Uh, um, e even up there, okay, there, there it is. During these bleakest point of the Great Depression, about a quarter of the U.S. workforce was unemployed. Sound familiar? We're right there right now. Excuse me. And we're not certain how we're going to recover. So we got to kind of look at history. And then what, what you understand from history is, and this is to people that are gun-ho um, Trump supporters because of racism. And you are being screwed just like everybody else, man. You lost your job. How long did it take for Ron DeSantis to send you a check? Hmm? You are being screwed, and then you are being led by racism. You're being fueled by your emotion. Your emotion, and this is, this is documented, folks. I'm ahead of myself again, all right? But it's documented that they have 4,000, 4 to 5,000 data points on you. They know you. They know you. They have data points on you. So they are pinpointing your emotions. Guess what they said? They accepted the fact all the way back to Richard Nixon days that it is easier to tap into the emotion of hate than it is to tap into the emotion of love. So they're using, fueling your emotion of hate to deceive you because they've been doing it for hundreds of years. They've been doing it since 1890s, buying politicians. But if they make you think it's about hating black America, then they can keep screwing you too, folks. That is the essence of my message this morning, man. But I got a couple things that I, I have to um I have to cover. There it is. All right. I want to read something because I do like to give a shout out to people, man. I want want people to get a chance to see this. So so what I was just talking about was that uh the, the Great Depression, the last time the market crashed, and the, the employment, they said the last time unemployment was as bad as it is now was during this time. And they said uh, those that were lucky enough to have steady employment often saw their wages cut or their hours reduced to part time. Even upper middle class professors, such as doctors and lawyers, saw their incomes drop by as much as 40%. Families who had previously enjoyed economic security suddenly faced financial instability and, in some cases, ruin. The average American family lived by the Depression era, era model. They said the average American family, they said the average white, black, blah, blah. They said American families, man. They said they live by the model, use it up, wear it out, make do or make do without. Many tried to keep up appearance and carry on with life as close to normal as possible while they adapted to the new economic circumstances, folks. We got to be careful. And corruption is a big part of it. And right now we got trillions of dollars that have been floating around out here, and I don't know where it's going. Has anybody did any uh, looking around to see where that money's going? Because we can't even get unemployment checks going around here. But trillions of dollars have been released to support the economy. Corruption has been around forever, folks. All right? So, and it didn't miss anybody. It was across the board. And I just wanted to say, read this, because I found this interesting. The Harlem Renaissance was the development of the Harlem neighborhood in New York City as a black cultural mecca in the early 20th century and the subsequent social and artistic explosion that resulted, lasting roughly from the 1910s through the mid-1930s. The Great Depression 
just lasted through the uh, 30s. So what, what, what my point is, is black America was still thriving at that time. So if you are uh, in black America and you're feeling like right now it's uncertain time, we don't have time. If you're creative and you're in innovative, you can set yourself on an entirely different path. I'm not saying the playing field is level. It's not level by far, but it's a lot of people shaking. There's a lot of new industries that are going to emerge from this uh, corona um, uh, crisis. And it's just inevitable. So don't think that you're not entitled to it. All right. The, and something about the stock market. Let me check my time. 940. I can, I can read this. I want to talk a little bit about this. I pulled this article out. Uh, and then I'll get into my closing, y'all, uh, about just the history of the stock market, folks. The U.S. stock markets have historically been challenged by corrupt. And when I say the stock market, you got to think about it. Our banks are, are part of that. Our money that where we keep our money, that's part of this corruption. So we're not no one is able to say this is not affecting me. This does not affect me. No, you don't have that luxury of saying that. You cannot afford to say that. So it has been corrupt uh, for years. So, But there have been two extreme periods of corruption in the history of the U.S. stock market. One was the current period that I was just telling you about. Uh, that period led to the economic calamity known as the Great Depression. It also led to two years of intense hearings in U.S. Senate to investigate the structure. We've had all that. We got the Securities Act, but again, to tie it to nowadays, Donald Trump is uh, qualifying tons of judges so they can go along with this corruption. So when it does go before a hearing or it does go to court and things like all of his buddies are out. Bill Cosby's still locked up. I'm not saying I'm not an advocate, but all of Trump's buddies that got locked up for his uh, campaign scandal and whatever. Uh, millions of people, whatever, whatever they did. I don't even know. I don't try to even get into it, but they free now already. One of them was sentenced to nine years and he's already at home confinement. So uh, pay attention folks to that. Now to my shout out, which was normally done at the beginning of the show. I'm going to do it uh, now. Okay. I want to talk about, let me look at my, my uh, guidelines here. Make sure I'm not missing anything. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did jump. I jumped ahead of myself. I went out of order, folks, but that's okay. All right. My shout out. Uh, I'm, I've been involved in politics for seven years, a little longer than that, really. You know, 1996, if you really want to, you know, just kind of paying attention, snooping my nose in it. And one of the things that I've really come to realize is our women are are the backbone of all these movements right now. Uh black women are the most the strongest voting block on on paper by the numbers, real talk, not just uh um not just me saying that. That is a a proven fact. So, I just want to look back. You don't often hear much, but I just want to talk about how women uh united in the early 1900s, because uh, women didn't have the right to vote at that time. I just want to read a little bit about this. African-American women, though often overlooked in the history of women's suffrage, engaged in significant reform efforts and political activism leading to and following the ratification 
1920 of the 19th Amendment, which bars states from denying American women the right to vote on the basis of their sex. They had as much or more at stake in the struggle as white women. From the earliest years of the suffrage movement, black women worked side by side with white suffragists. By the late 19th century, however, as the suffrage movement splintered over the issue of race in the years after the Civil War, black women formed their own organization to continue their efforts to secure and protect the rights of all women and men. The U.S. women's rights movement was closely allied with, with the anti-slavery movement. And before the Civil War, black and white abolitionists and suffragists joined together in the common cause. During, they, 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 that was my, that was it, that was the point. They joined together in a common cause, folks. So I want to thank the women in the past. And I definitely want to thank the women that are out here right now uh, fighting for us. I've seen it. Um, listen, folks, I, they show up at the meetings. Let's, get, let's go back. Let's start with this. Many of our women, uh, and this was a startling fact that I, I, I stumbled across during my research, right? It's something like 70% of our children, black children, are born out of wedlock. So look at all the women that are out here that are raising children by themselves. So shout out to our women, first of all, our single mothers that are raising our, our babies, man. Uh, let's step up. Let's mentor some of these young men. Let's do what we can to help these women. But not only that, you got the opioid crisis. You got mass incarceration. You got all these things that are detrimental to families, right? So there's so many women, no matter what ethnicity, what race, that are out here fighting, uh, fighting all these obstacles to try to provide a family setting for children, man. So shout out to our women. Not only that, if you look at our city, some of the most powerful people in the city are black women, man. I'm not going to name names because... Most of the powerful women in this city don't even want the recognition. They just want to do the work. So shout out to all of our women that are out there doing big things in the city of St. Pete, man, advocating for our children, fighting for our families, fighting for our communities. I just want to thank y'all, right? Uh, I want to go back to January 21st, 2017. Women, 20,000 strong, showed up in the streets of St. Pete downtown, man. 20,000 strong. For women, for, for women's rights, they stood up for each other, all nationalities. Fellas, I want to challenge us, man. I want to challenge us first and foremost to support our women. Then I want to challenge us to protect our women. And if we want to protect our women, we have to understand how to put our differences aside and unite for a common cause. And stand up really for our families. They're depending on us. And I want to challenge people that are allowing themselves to be fueled by race, right? I want to challenge you to look at the future of your children, man. Right? Because corruption is historically affected all of us. The soup lines wasn't for black people. It's white people in them soup lines. Look at the pictures. Corrupt politicians have been around since 1890. So, folks, we cannot, we cannot be played. I, I want to thank our women for being an example. And, fellas, we got to learn from them. 
and I'm petty. Boy, people know that too. People know that about me, man. I won't talk to somebody for two years and be all right with it, man. I'm good. Oh, yeah, how you doing? Real petty. But we got to overcome our pettiness and our petty differences and start supporting folks and come together for a common cause, man. Period. We have to start doing that. So I guess I uh shout out to our women, man. That that's uh you know, and we have to we have to learn from them fellas. Period. They stood up twenty thousand strong, man. I, I don't know I just can't picture us. <laughs> I mean, we we gotta do that. We gotta learn how to do that. So including myself, all right? So just back to the election and the 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 sum the final uh point that I really want to make with y'all today, man. Thank y'all so much for sticking with me, man. Thank y'all out there in Radio Land for listening, man. Remember to call in, man. Let folks know what you think. The number is 727-637-2416. But um I want to just talk about the Donald Trump campaign. I'm just gonna close on this. And if you really want to know what to What's behind these campaigns? I can recommend uh, two Netflix documentaries to you guys that you can watch. One is Get Me Roger Stone. Get Me Roger Stone. And the other one is The Great Hack. And they uh, talk about the art of the campaign and the way that a campaign directly Feel, it directly pushes the emotional buttons of voters to get them to the polls. They find out what is the easiest emotion to tap into, and they drive that emotion to the polls. That's what's happening out here. So it, it, it was it occurred to me that we have to be careful right now because the news is now dominated with shootings of unarmed black men and women and that is now going to fuel racism. And now racism is going to be the forefront of this election. And that's what we're going to be going to the polls based on racism. And my plea is really to white people. You can't afford it. Corruption is hitting you. Corruption is hitting you just as hard as it's hitting anybody else, folks. All right, I'm going to end, I'm going to end with a quote from Dr. King about the fact that we can no longer, can no, any of us afford to be silent, man. None of us can afford to act like these problems ain't, are not our problems, man. Thank y'all so much for watching, man. I cannot, I cannot stress it enough, folks. We cannot allow uh, our emotions at this point in time to drive our decision-making, all right? All right, let me go here. Why... Does Trump want to be called a racist? Okay, this is a um, this is an article in the USA Today that says Trump wants you to think he's racist, so you won't notice he's corrupt and killing jobs. Good morning, Miss Mary Walker. I love y'all so much. Thank you for watching. I appreciate you. Look, so the article again. The title of the article in the USA Today. This was in. 2019, September 18, 2019. Trump wants you to think he's racist so you won't notice he's corrupt and killing jobs, folks. All right? The vast majority of... Okay. Why does Trump want to be called a racist? 
Because then you're not pointing out how he's ripping you off, threatening human survival, and crushing jobs. Instead, you're strengthening his basic storyline. Trump wants voters to go to the polls believing that America is locked in a cage fight between warring racial groups. That's what they want you to think. That's what they want you to think. That's why we got we to gotta make sure we separate our, uh, our emotions and identify uh, solutions, okay? All right. Calling Trump a racist is not enough. <clears throat> he is a strategic racist, the sort of person who intentionally scapegoats people of color, immigrants, and Muslims to rile up voters to distract from his high tax cut for billionaires, folks. That's what's happening out here. That's what's going on. So I wanted to back up and catch myself and drive the point home in this particular uh, message that we have to be careful that we don't let our emotions drive our behavior right through here. We cannot afford to do that right now. All right. So, and that's what they thrive on. And he said it. Watch the video. Watch the Netflix documentary. Get me Roger Stone. And you will hear Roger Stone say that hate is a stronger emotion than love. And it's easier to tap into. And they knew that. And they exploited that with law and order during the Richard Nixon days, the same people that were behind Richard Nixon, which had to resign for corruption, are behind Trump. I mean, were behind Ronald Reagan, and they are now behind Donald Trump. And that was the one, Roger Stone was the one that was sentenced to nine years for some type of corruption, and he is now free. He was sentenced earlier this year, I want to say, or late last year. He is now free. Corruption, folks, while Trump is filling courts, you know, so it's a lot going on. We got to make sure that we don't allow our emotions to take us down a very dark path. man. He is a strategic racist. There's good evidence that making this strategy clear can defame Trump's messages of racial fear and resentment. So what he's saying, right? So what he's saying is that. If we expose the fact that racism is a cover up and I'm going to come back and look at and I'm going to I want to uh, and I've always wanted to do this. It just takes some time. Y'all bear with me. I'm going to really paint the picture of how corruption is affecting every one of us on, on our day to day life, folks. But we really don't need to go too far because we have the richest country in the world. The most advanced country in the world, I think we're probably losing that title slowly, but surely I think we have to be somewhere with China uh, coming in a close second, right? But we couldn't take care of our people in a healthcare crisis. They couldn't take care of us. And it's not their job to take care of us, but it is their job to provide the best uh, possible solutions for the for, for their citizens. And while trillions of dollars got cut, you can start a whole new country. Trillions of dollars got cut, and we couldn't get unemployment going. We couldn't get uh, health care going. So we don't have to look far, but you can look back all the way to 1890, and you can find corruption in, in, with money and politics. So racism oftentimes just serves as a, a convenient distraction, folks. It serves as a convenient distraction. And, and for black folks, 
it's different from black and white. Different type of distraction. For black folks, we cannot get caught up in the emotions of our damage. That's a distraction. The emo we have to stay, we have to stay centered on what's really happening and what we can really do to counter what's happening. We need some economic power. That starts at home. I'm trying to get my act together. You follow me? That starts at home. We have to have our finances together so we can, uh, uh, when, 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 they, when they tell us we can't work for six months, at least we'll be able to uh, provide groceries, man. Look, that's, that shock should have sent a shock to a lot of us when they said you can't move and, you, and, and, and we didn't know where our next meal was coming from. You should have seen how long the food lines was. The line, one line was from 22nd Street to 16th Street. I got a picture of it. So, again, we cannot let our emotions, uh, as black folks, we cannot let our emotions and our trauma drive our behavior. We have to identify our trauma. We have to start healing, and we have to start communication on what we can do better. Now, for white people, you cannot let Donald Trump drive your emotion of hatred for something that you don't even know. Listen, when you put my life Side by side to somebody and pull a, 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 a hip, the most racist Trump supporter, right? You put put me and their life, put whoever, put that a black person and put that, they want to take care of their family. They want to bring food home. They want to be able to do whatever activity they like to do. They want to be able to go see a doctor. They want to be able to go to school. They want their kids to get a quality education. So these they do not let hate distract you, folks. All right, and do not be quiet about things that uh, are injustice. Do not be quiet about injustice, folks. We cannot afford to do it, and we cannot afford to let emotions drive us to the polls, folks, black or white. We got to stay focused on what's what we can't, what the solutions are, and how we need how what we need to do to get there, folks. All right. So I just want to uh, end on this quote. Uh, by Dr. King, man. Um, I really appreciate y'all, man. Thank y'all for watching. Thank y'all for listening to me. Uh, hopefully, uh, I share something with you guys that uh, that um, resonated. Hopefully, you guys learned something uh, new today. But here's the quote from Martin Luther King. I appreciate y'all. There comes a time when silence is betrayal. Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Only in the darkness can you see the stars. That's Dr. Martin Luther King, folks. Let's continue to use our voice. Let's continue to shed light on these issues. Let's keep our eye on what's going on with the Ahmaud Bra uh, Arbery case, that corrupt police department. Let's, let's keep our eye. Listen, folks, we got... We got a uh, hundred thousand. We got about fifty thousand black males in prison. Some somewhere in that forty fifty thousand in the state of Florida. Florida has the third largest prison population in the world, folks. Let's keep our eye on some of these things, man, and let's not be silent. It's not a black and white. Listen, it's we the people against a corrupt government, and we need to fight together, folks. I love y'all. I thank y'all so much for watching, man. I appreciate y'all, and until the next time, folks. Listen, man, y'all. Dream big, love more, pay attention, and be beautiful, man. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much, man. i see y'all on the next one, man. Thank you so much for watching, people. Patience, hard work, plus patience.
more my sacrifice. I'm done waiting. I'm done waiting. Told you that I wasn't playing. Now you hear what I've been saying. Dedication. 